a lot of things I wanted to talk about, but I, I was almost late tonight because I had a phone call right before I was uh, about to leave, and uh, it was a it was a friend of mine from Texas, someone I don't I'm not in touch with very often, and. Uh, I had called her by mistake earlier in the day. I thought I was I was going to text her to get update her contact information, and I think, as often happens with my phone, I dialed her number, and uh, then later I saw that dial that number, and I thought I tried to call her again, and she answered. So, um, what I found out though was at her. Her contact info was correct and was the same that it had been for years. But tomorrow her divorce is final. And I didn't really know that she had finalized getting it, that she had made a decision to get a divorce. And so, you know, her heart was breaking. So uh, it's something that she's, it's taken her a long time to get there and she's thought it out and she's a... Uh, a therapist herself in her own career, but uh, I mean, I've been there, and a lot of us have been, you know, even though it was the right thing to do, and she knew it was coming, it was just, it, it was hard for her to not cry when we spoke, and so she thought it was wonderful that I called her right at that point in her life, and it was, but uh I guess I wanted to share a little bit about the call with you. And because she is a therapist, she she's read lots and lots of books and counseled lots and lots of people going through the same thing. And uh, she works with a lot of other therapists. So they all they all know all the information, but she was talking about how now that she's the one going through the experience it's there's it's a whole you know she's seeing it from a different direction and uh, a lot of the things that have have always held her held held her in 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 good stead aren't working as well as they always have with other people so she mentioned what's the one thing she mentioned was like a lot of the books that she had that had hoped that they could look at together and work through weren't the, weren't the books that her ex had any interest in looking at and uh, a lot of the things that she had read in books she realized it's going to take her a while in her own situation to to kind of be there she like she knows that she'll heal she'll know that it'll get better she knows that her heart won't feel like it does tonight uh, forever, but you know when you're feeling that, that's all you can feel, and uh, it's it. You know, I think we all we all have those situations in our life where we felt that way, whether it's a divorce or a loss or you know an ending a relationship or uh, maybe uh, someone close to you moving away, and you just know you're not going to connect with them the same way. Uh, or losing a job, or all those things we have in our in our lives. Right when it's happening, everything you know just kind of uh, falls, seems to be falling through your hands. You know it's not working the way it's supposed to, 
And if your heart's broken, you feel like it's never gonna, you're never gonna be happy again, or it's never gonna, you're never gonna feel joy or delight or pleasure again. And, and then eventually, no matter how great the loss is, eventually we just eventually wake up one day and we feel better. And we, and we have that feeling that we can keep going on. But, uh, the, the thing she was talking about that really hit me was how everything she was reading and had wanted to read that maybe might have helped in their relationship, that they never could do that together. And, uh, that was, that, that was, felt like a loss to her. And, and I think about, uh, how much, how much I study and read and try to read, read the suttas and read books about the suttas and listen to talks on YouTube and, uh, try to listen to teachers speaking, uh, always feeling like I'm playing catch up with, uh, Buddhist, uh, philosophy and Buddhist teachings. I mean, I'm not like the monks who grew up in a Buddhist country and then became uh, students when they were maybe between 10 and 13 years old. So I always feel I'm, 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 uh, I'm running to catch up and maybe never will. But, um, as much as I know that, that I'm always playing catch up, I also know that the, the wisdom that we develop from our practice and from living the, as students of the teachings of the Buddha, the wisdom that we get doesn't come from books. It comes from our practice, and it comes from, you know, being mindful, being living more in the moment, and being aware of what's going on. You know, all the stuff that that uh, that we we can read. And my brother has a favorite expression. It, you can buy him books and you can buy him books, but you can't make him read because he was he was a teacher for years and years and and he's uh, he it was an old southern expression but uh, I when I lived I lived in Japan for about three years and my brother was living there before I went and he he immediately picked up Japanese he could pick up any language that he wanted to and he even translated some. And he never took a class. He just he picked it up on his own. And in the three years I was there, I was always in a class. I was always buying Japanese language books. And I was always studying Japanese in addition to teaching. And I learned how to speak enough Japanese to travel and live on my own. But I never, you know, and so he'd always look at my latest book I'd bought and he'd go, you can buy him books and you can buy him books. And that was all he needed to say. So, uh, the, the things that we really have to learn are never in the books. And, uh, that wisdom that we get from the, if we get real wisdom out of those books and the things we read, it's the, it's still coming from that combination of, reading something but living it trying to live it or trying to live our lives in a in a more authentic way in a more mindful way really being open to seeing the truths of what we can read about about seeing that in life and uh 
And then the hard part is we can see it and then to, to, to make, to change our lives if we need to so we don't forget right away. I mean, to, to accept that we're seeing the world a different way and, uh, change accordingly. You know, it's very easy sometimes to have a, like awakening, an awakening moment where something's really clear but it's really uncomfortable and we don't really want to make the changes that it might require us to make. We might not want to give up certain habits or certain preferences or viewpoints or uh, we may not want to let go of a job that's not working or a relationship that's not working. So we hang on to those things and sometimes it means shutting the door to what we we know is true or what we know we need we need to do to to live a more authentic life so uh what she was talking about i realized i could relate to it too about the reading her the books that she's read and the training she's had um suddenly felt like the only thing she said was really helpful were the friends of hers We'd call them noble friends, but her her professional friends, the colleagues she worked with, could, you know, kind of kick her in the seat of her pants once in a while and remind her of what of what she knew and of what uh, the reality was that she was wanting to see. So, um, but that's and we talk about that as as having noble friends, and the Buddha said that that friendship is everything. And so, so sometimes when we know it's easy for us to kind of slip back, it's good to have those noble friends who remind us of what we, what we've learned or what we know, and help us, help us, uh, kind of keep more, moving forward in our lives. And uh, I had another example just just recently. I had talked to Bhante Sujata, and we were both talking about. How, how much we liked Bhante Puna, who some of you may have seen here at the temple. And, uh, he, he visited us a couple of times and he died this summer. And I didn't know, but Bhante had given a, a, one of the, the, like the final talk at Bhante Puna's funeral. And we had been talking about that. And he was, Bhante Sujata, Sujata was telling me he really enjoyed Listening to Doc, it's Doctor Venerable Punaji, or Puna, uh, and he enjoyed listening to his Dhamma talks on YouTube, and he he recommended some of those. So uh, I had I was listening earlier this week. I was listening to one of his talks, and right in the middle of it, he said, he said, in this word that we've always translated, and he's a translator, and uh, he was also a, a psychologist, had a doctorate in psychology. But he said, and there are words that we've always been understanding the Buddha's teachings a certain way, but if you really look at those words more carefully in Pali, we've been using the wrong translation. And uh, so he, one of the words that we talk about a lot is tanha, and I'm not going to talk about his discussion about it, but it's like a, it's a, it's a basic part of talking about the five, the four noble truths. 
And he said, we've always translated that the wrong way. And I want to tell you how different, you know, how it changes everything to use the right translation. And I just could feel the, my, the, I felt like for a few minutes the foundation of everything I knew about Buddhism was just be, became quicksand. And it was just kind of slipping out from underneath me. I thought, don't tell me you're going to suddenly give me the, a new translation for this one simple word and it's going to change everything. And I, and I thought, I, you know, it's just like, oh my gosh. And, uh, it was hard for me to even listen to the rest of that talk because it just did something weird to my whole, my whole essence, my whole body for a minute. But it was a perfect example for me later when I thought of that is, uh, you know how we, the things that we try to read and understand, uh, if we don't have the, our own reality base to kind of check them out and test them out, I mean, most of us don't speak or read fluently in Pali. And uh, most of us don't translate that language, even if, you know, we're not professional trained translators. So, and I'm sure if you, if, if, I mean, I'm sure I haven't talked to the monks about that particular word and what Bhante Punaji says, but um, I know for me, like, I'm dependent on what I'm taught a word to mean in Pali, I'm depending on whoever teaches me that, that it's right. And uh, that was one of those words I thought I knew. So it's, it, it, it just was an, it was an eye-opener for me again about my experience, my sitting on the cushion and my, my examining the things that the Buddha taught from my own in my own life and seeing how they fit and how they work and uh, really questioning everything until I am able to experience it for myself. You know, I, I just saw that all over again in a new way. And, uh, and, my, and talking to that person on the phone tonight was... You know, I could, I could feel her pain, and it wasn't just because I've been through divorce in those same moments. It was like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing that a lot just in my life lately with, uh, just realizations about how much, how much all the things that we can take for, for granted. That, well, and if you're a, if you're, if you tend to be someone who's, trusted in books all your life, you know, you take it for granted that if you're reading the right people, then you're getting the right information. And uh, But especially in this teaching, in the way the Buddha told us to approach his teachings, it's all about our own experience. And so we may go very slowly, and we may have a totally different experience from 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 each other much less from the way the other the monks have been taught but it still has to be our own personal experience and uh and what i know that has to mean for me is that my my practice is is real is good and i know a lot of times here at blue lotus you know at the end of meditation someone giving the meditation may say 
You know, and if you're busy, even a few minutes a day, try to practice. And, uh, and I think we're ready to up our game. You know, I think it's really important that we, if you, if you do, if you do want to go kind of see the Buddhist teachings for yourself, we have to do more than a few minutes a day. You know, we have to make time for it. We have to find the time. So, and I, and I feel like for me, uh, when I have periods where I don't let, uh, when I actually spend more time with myself, and, and I might be reading or I might be really, uh, contemplating a, a subject, but it may not always be like on the cushion. But I'm, I'm dedicating that time without getting sidetracked by kind of last minute, uh, calls where somebody wants to do something fun or wants to, you know, pull, like it's not, nothing ever harmful, but it's just easy to get distracted, right, in our lives. But when I, when I clearly put, uh, like this is when I'm, with myself, this is when I practice, this is when I read, this is when I'm really trying to get all this to come together. Uh, it, it, I have to do that, or even, even though I have a lot more time than most of you probably do if you're still working or have kids, my biggest distraction is my dog, and he's little and old, so he's not a big distraction. But, you you don't have a lot of time and i've been there i know i know that but i think it's really important for us to think a couple of minutes a day is not enough like think about uh, it's it, it's good to think about ways you can find 20 minutes a day to sit and uh make make that happen first make your give yourself 20 minutes because what you're doing is giving that to yourself. And what we, the first thing we want to do is work on ourselves. And we're purifying our minds. We're purifying ourselves. And that's a big, I mean, that's a big, <coughs> it's a big challenge. <clears throat> but it's a big thing that we, that means an amazing thing that we can do and do for ourselves, because it changes everything, and it changes what we can do for other people and for the world. You know, everything that we do once we start to purify ourselves is going to directly affect people around us and affect the world we live in. And that's really as much as we can do. And so taking 20 minutes a day is is not very much. I mean, if you you think about how much how much school you went to, um, how, maybe some of you are athletes, so you think of how much you dedicate yourself to that training, or if you're uh, if you speak different languages, you had to work at that. You know, all of all of the things we do, we usually have to learn to do. It's not any kind of innate. Uh, thing so I think this process of of really integrating what the Buddha taught 
and what he's what he's really seeing our potential to be we have to we can't just come and uh, do it when we're sitting in the temple or come once in a while or uh, just do it when we're here I think we really have to to make decisions okay let's start with 20 minutes a day and find the time for that that's the hardest part if suddenly you thought I have 20 minutes right now where I can ju- I can sit the sitting is easy uh, we think that's the hard part but the hard part is just getting our bottoms down on the chair or a cushion once we're there we can start to relax and breathe and we can just be we can be there for 20 minutes so I'm, I'm, ch- I'm challenging myself along with you because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really seeing how, uh, how important this is for us to start seeing the deeper truths and start seeing ourselves and lining ourselves up more and more with the teachings and with the things that, uh, that, that with the, with what it can mean in terms of helping us live a, live a, an authentic life where our where our spiritual path is aligned with with the way we're living the way we're showing up in the world and it's uh, it's it's exciting but if you're already sitting for 20 minutes a day then uh, let's challenge ourselves to increase that or uh, maybe maybe you're sitting, but you realize there might be something you want to study, or there might be another way you can add to your practice. But for most of us, I know we're, we we find uh, find it hard to even make the time in our day, and that's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to do to really start seeing the results. And then once we start seeing the results and how it affects our lives, and it becomes easier and easier to find that time. But um, don't think of it as something that you just don't have the time for, because sit down and think of everything else that you spend 20 minutes a day doing, and figure out a way to, to shave some you know, shave some time off those of other things and, and find time for your practice. And it might be just 20 minutes of sitting quietly with yourself. Don't call it meditation, but just sitting quietly without worrying or planning or blaming or judging or, you know, anything else with your mind. You're not going to you're not gonna. You're gonna stop paying attention to your thoughts for 20 minutes. Don't don't even try to quit thinking, but just see if you can sit with yourself for 20 minutes or walk without listening to something or uh, planning what you're gonna do next or think about what you just did before. See if you can create that space for yourself and. Uh, we can check back in with each other. Okay, thank you very much.